It's Thursday of the first week of Advent. Welcome to today's Advent Cast. This is Father John Zolsdorf. These days you will often hear those who have uh, little or no grounding in the Vetus Ordo, the, the traditional Roman rite, who are solely formed in and invested in the Novus Ordo, uh, you'll hear them use the word liturgy. And uh, what they're really talking about is mass. But they say the liturgy, and they mean the mass. You hear this all the time. I wonder sometimes if this doesn't reflect a lack of understanding of mass as sacrifice. Instead, uh, mass is, or sorry, liturgy, is the moment when we are all standing around the same table together. And then we later on go to get the the white thing, and then we sing the song and so forth. Now that's a little unfair. You know, I mean, there are those um, who are uh, very much invested in and know only the Novus Ordo who who are far deeper than that. But um, so I'm using broad brush strokes because in the Vedas Ordo uh, during Advent we don't have proper texts for the Mass like we do in Lent. And so the liturgy, that is the hours of the office uh, together with Mass, uh, the hours of the office such as matins become that much more important during a season like this. Matins, especially with its readings and responsories, are a vastly rich treasury of reflection and and liturgical formation in view of the themes of Advent, that is the parousia, the second coming, and four last things. Uh, together with the coming into the light of this world, of the Word made flesh in the Lord's first coming. So let's hear today something from Matins, along with comments by Father Pius Parsh in his Church's Year of Grace. Uh, We are exploring with Holy Church and the Vetus Ordo um, the prophet Isaiah, the second passage in Matins today, is a touching lover's complaint, God reproaching Israel, his unfruitful vineyard. See Isaiah 5, verses 1 through 7. I will sing a song about my friend and his vineyard. My friend had a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it, he cleared it of stones, and planted it with vines. In its midst he built a tower and hollowed out a wine press. From it he expected a yield of grapes, but it produced wild grapes. And now, citizens of Jerusalem, men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done that I did not do to my vineyard? I expected a yield of grapes, but it produced wild grapes. Now let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, that it may become a pasture. I will tear down its walls, that people may trample over it. I will destroy it. It shall not be hoed or pruned, and thorn bushes shall grow there. The clouds, I will forbid them to water it with rain. For the vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel, Judah, his darling plant. And he expected goodness, but see, wickedness. Innocence, but see, violence. Here we have another strong contrast to the kingdom of God, to grace. The allegory is a serious exhortation to repent. 
Our souls were nourished by God's grace and were cultivated into a fruitful vineyard by our friend Christ. But they became unfruitful through sin and infidelity. Compare this passage with the parable of the unfruitful fig tree for which the vine dresser interceded in Luke 13, verses 6 to 9. How significant if we apply the last verses to ourselves. You are the vineyard of the Lord. You are his darling plant, a soul in grace. Christ looks for goodness and finds wickedness. He expects innocence and finds violence. Most